introduction. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. I saw on Facebook some time ago a couple pilgrims standing outside their home, and Santa Claus is there. They've got their guns on him. What'd you do with Thanksgiving? I'm sure some of us remember there was a time when you never saw a Christmas decoration. You never heard anything about Christmas till after Thanksgiving. Friend, in October, Christmas, you know what it's heading to? Year round. Now, my daughter loves that. She, she, both of my daughters love Christmas. And I was sitting in my recliner last night and I'm looking at a Christmas tree. Fully decorated. Yeah, early and early. And going to back what the pastor said. You know, it may just be a date on a calendar. But at least it's there. And people at least give a semblance of being thankful. But there's this mindset, well, we don't, we don't need that. You know, let's just get right into silver bells and all of that. <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. I'm not... My, my girls accuse me of being Scrooge, but... <laughs> Really, I'm not. Uh, amen. Tuesday. Late Tuesday, early Wednesday morning. My oldest granddaughter gets in. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Well, where do we go from here? To the Word of God. Amen. 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 <clears throat> I'd like to preach to you, speak to you today on this subject. We all need a trade-in. We all need a trade-in. You know, trading is a very common business transaction. It's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. You make a trade. You leave with something new. Now, it may, may not be brand new, may be used, but to you it's new. And in turn, something old is left behind. John chapter 4. <clears throat> if you'd like to stand. John chapter 4, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea, departed again into Galilee. He left Judea, departed again into Galilee. The area down around Jerusalem, in that area, 
was referred to as Judea, the whole area. And then the area up by the Sea of Galilee, up north, that area was referred to as Galilee. But the hitch was this. Between Judah and Galilee was a section of land called Samaria. Now, you may be seated. Back in 2 Kings 17, the king of Assyria came and con conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, Samaria. And he took the inhabitants of Israel and he distributed them amongst his kingdom. And over the years, these Jewish people began to intermingle and intermarry with Gentiles. Now when Judah was taken captive to Babylon, after 70 years they came back and the records were kept. The bloodline was kept. But these, this northern kingdom intermarried they came back and settled in this area, became known as Samaria. And the Jews, the blue bloods, the pure, hated the half-breeds, the Samaritans. And so many of them, not saying all, but many of them, if they would travel up to Galilee... It was very, you know, hey, just go straight north. But no, now they couldn't go west and go up because of the Mediterranean Sea, but they could go to the east and they would go miles out of their way just so they didn't have to go through Samaria. Now, I just found it interesting. What's probably the most popular verse, not probably in the entire New Testament, but in the third chapter of John. What's the most popular verse that stands out? For God so loved the world. The world. And then we get to chapter 4. Oh, but that doesn't include Samaria. Oh, teach. Good. Good. Oh, wow. The Samaritan woman that we find in chapter 4 of John came to the well and she left her water pot there. I think this whole amazing story revolves around the water pot. Why did she leave it behind? Simply because she found something else of far greater value. She had come to the well that day a prejudiced Samaritan. All right. She left with the revelation of the mighty God and the Messiah in her heart. She came a confirmed sinner. She left the redeemed soul. She came absorbed in temporal things. She left with the wonder of eternity in her heart. And I'm telling you, the change was immediate. The change was miraculous. It didn't take place over a six-month period of time or a year. I'm telling you, it was instantaneously. 
There was a change in her heart and in her life. And the things that she used to treasure were no longer precious to her. So her act of leaving the water pot behind was not just mere forgetfulness. Leaving it behind signified something much, much more. That vessel meant a lot to her. It was a very important part of her daily routine. And this particular day, at this particular time, it was her entire concern. And if you had told her when she left her house, you're going to go to the well, you're going to leave your water pot there empty and come running back into town, she would have laughed and said, you're crazy. Yet it happened just that way. And I'm here to tell you today, the same thing has happened and has happened to millions of others since that day. I'm telling you that lifelong habits have been changed in seconds of time. Jesus Christ stands unchallenged in his ability to do this for mankind. I'm telling you today, he can make a change in your life. Oh, but preacher, it's been this way for so long, so long. And the enemy tells you it's going to continue to be that way. But I'm telling you, you can have an encounter at the well today and leave here a changed person. When she left her house that day, Jesus meant nothing to her. I don't know, maybe she'd heard of him, heard stories, but he didn't mean anything to her. But the jar and the task at hand meant everything. Well, let me tell you this. Her life was far, far emptier than a water jug. But just one encounter with the Master changed it all. Suddenly Jesus became everything. The water pot was now a lost concern. And I'm telling you, friend, this isn't something you study in a book. This isn't theology. It was a revelation of God in Christ, which gave a threadbare life, sublime forgetfulness of the things that could never be fully and finally solved. Amen. Hey, friend, are you ready for a meeting with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I'm telling you today, you may have come thinking uh, it's just going to be another Sunday uh, and I'll leave as others. Uh, No, friend, uh, the Lord has arranged a meeting uh, for somebody here today. Hallelujah. He must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. Amen. For a 500 soul revival? No, a one soul revival. Amen. And he has come to you today. Hallelujah. To arrange a meeting with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Just be advised. There will be major changes that take place in your life. All right. How many of us here today remember our first meeting with him? Hallelujah. And one 
One of the first things you came to realize at that, at that first meeting was that God loved you. Amen. God loved you. Not only did He love you, but He cared for you. Salvation starts with that impact. Hallelujah. And then I'm quite sure you came to the realization of how great and holy and mighty He was and how unholy and unworthy and what a sinner you were. And then the next question is, how? How can this great, pure, sinless God love me, born in sin, shaping in iniquity? And boy, the enemy of your soul came and he was saying, that's right. You're on the right track. God could never love somebody like you. God would never deem to reach down to you. Oh, friends, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to reach down where you were. Hallelujah. To pull you up out of the pit. Amen. And set you on his way. And you loved what you were feeling. That told you differently. And so by faith you just accepted it. <laughs> this woman had her questions. How is it that thou being a Jew. askest drink of me which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I don't understand this. Friend listen. Quit trying to figure it out. There you go. Amen. Good. You'll never figure it out as long as you're in this life. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm sure there are married many couples that as the years, you know, we say we love. All right. You know, over 51 years ago, I thought I loved my wife. I think a lot of it was infatuation. Let me tell you, my feeling of love from 51 years ago to today is a whole lot different. And many times I've looked at her and I've thought, how in the world? You know, I'm just this average podunk of a guy. My wife is brilliant. She really is. I mean, she comes up with thoughts and things and she speaks and I think, dear me, oh my. Wow. We were out in Maryland on our trip some weeks ago and Brother Ralph Adams, who pastors in Hagerstown, really our adopted son in the gospel, he looked at me and said, I've heard you preach a lot of times. I've never heard Mama C preach. I'm Papa C and she's Mama C. So she preached in Gaither in, in Hagerstown, Maryland that Sunday morning. And friend, I sat there. Wow. Woo. Wow. How in the world, amen, could she love me? Come on. Good. And I tried figuring it out for over 51 years and I still can. So friend, when you think... How in the world could this great God, right. out of all the people, talented, whatever, love me? Quit trying to figure it out. Hallelujah. Who can explain love? Amen. 
Andre Crouch wrote it so beautifully. I don't know why Jesus loved I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life for me. I don't know why, but oh, I'm so glad. Is anybody glad today? Hallelujah. I said, is anybody glad today? You can't figure it out, but I'm just so glad he loves me. And then you realize he attempts the impossible on your behalf. She so as much said to, to him, said so. She said, you offer me this life-giving water, but I cannot see how you're going to give me what you offer. Scripture says, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? <laughs> Let me tell you, friend, from that day to this, the greatest of earth have asked the same question in every generation. I'm here to tell somebody today, the transforming power of God is a reality. I said it is a reality. And it's present in this world. It's as present as the very air we breathe. God himself undertakes to reach your particular need, whatever it may be. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. Right. You're not beyond the reach of Almighty God. Paul said he came into the world to save sinners of which I am the chief. Hallelujah. Just give yourself to him. Woman in our text, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. And friend, that's the beginning of the trade. Hallelujah. A thirst as big as the thirst that consumed this much married woman. Amen. It could never be quenched by something coming out of an earthen pot. She needed a fountain. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, she, you need a fountain today, friend. You don't need just the same old, same old you hear from around at different churches or whatever. Jesus said it would be in you a well springing up into everlasting life. Is there anybody here that's thirsty today? I said, is there anybody here that's sick and tired of trying to quench your thirst out there? And I'm telling you, that thirst can be quenched here in just a moment of time. something worth being excited about. Somebody right about now is throwing a touchdown pass and people are going crazy. Right about now the quarterback's handing off to the running back and he's breaking tackles uh, amen and he busts through the line uh, and the crowd is on their feet uh, amen as he shakes off tackle after tackle amen makes his way to the end zone and 
They're going crazy. So fooey on them. Amen. All right. All right. Team, come on, sir. Good. Mm. It'll take about 30 seconds here. You see, they get it all twisted up. Come on. And I'm not pointing and I'm not putting down. Anybody here ever hear of a group of religious people called the Friends? Yeah. Friends. My generation grew up knowing them as the Quakers. Okay, all right. Now, where'd that name come from? All right. How did they become known as Quakers? All right. Come on. Because they would gather, very segregated, women on one side, right. men on the other. All right. Amen. If they didn't have cheerleaders, all right. they didn't have praise singers, all right. they didn't have a lot, <laughs> and I love it all, sure. but they didn't have it. But they just sat there contemplating on the goodness of God, right. Pastor Harry. Right. Amen. And as they contemplated on that, they began to feel something on the inside. Hallelujah. Praise God. And they began to shake. And they began to quake. Hallelujah. And so they were called Quakers. But they don't quake much anymore. Never let it be said of the apostolics. Hallelujah. Amen. We used to do that. We used to be that way. Oh, no. God, a fresh and a new. I'm so glad for what you've done for me. I'm so glad that you've given me living water. She needed a fountain. The very prospect of satisfaction awakened her the deep need in her life. And her reaction was this, Sir, you know all about me. You know, when she first came and saw him, he, he was just a, another Jew. Okay, good. You know? And then this other Jewish is just another Jewish man says to her, hey, go get your husband. Wow. She said, I don't have a husband. All right, good. He said, yeah, you're, you're quite toothful. You've had five? Yeah. And the guy you're shacked up with now isn't married to you. Woo. Right. Good. My friend, suddenly he went from common Jew, I perceive that you're a prophet. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Oh, listen, friends. So many people have gotten partial revelations. Hallelujah. And I'm glad for that. Amen. Thank God they got to talking about worship. Amen. And finally she said, I know when Messiah comes. Amen. He's out there somewhere in the future. You're sitting here thinking, yeah. 
Maybe next month. Maybe next year. Somewhere out in the future. I'll have an encounter with this God. Amen. She had no idea that right then and there. Hallelujah. I know when Messiah cometh. Amen. But he said, woman, this man that's talking to you right now. I am your Messiah. Hallelujah. She was no longer concerned about bloodlines and all the other questions. The Messiah had come into her life. She's beginning to taste the beginning of a new life. Now, that was all my introduction. I want to spend a few minutes looking at the water pot. She left and it was such a very important part of her daily routine. Amen. It was just a part of it. Amen. It was just like when the Lord spoke to Moses out of the bush. But what's that in your hand? And Moses looked, my, my rod, my, my shepherd's rod. Amen. I mean, that was just a part of him. Right. When he walked out of the house, right. amen. You know, he didn't have to think about it. Now, am I going to take it today? Or no? no, no, it was just a part of him. Hallelujah. Yeah. The water part had become just a part of her daily routine. Right. But now, it was no longer of the supreme importance any longer. She, like Paul, would say years later in one of his epistles that they counted all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ her Lord. I said she counted everything but loss. Yes, Paul would write years later the same thing. Amen. This Pharisee of the Pharisees who had probably accumulated a lot in his life but one encounter on that Damascus road. Amen. And his testimony was I count everything but loss. I count it but down. Why? That I might win Christ. I'm telling you today, friend, he's not just a part of your life. He's just not a slice of your life. He is the most important thing in your life. Calvary makes that adjustment in your life. You suddenly become concerned. Amen. About more important things in your life. Uh, amen. You now have something of far greater value to share with your friends. Uh, and like the Apostle Paul, uh, forgetting those things that are behind. Right? Right? Not a thing you can do about it. Amen. I left my heart at wounded knee. Yeah, the red man was so mistreated. Come on. Anybody that disagrees with that, friend, you, you haven't read your history books. Come on, teach. We can't deny the fact. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Brother Tostan, ancestors of yours were so mistreated. Come on. Amen. And I'm sorry for that. But listen, friend, my society, I can't do a thing about it. I can't go back and redo it. Oh, I'd like to. We would like to. Amen. 
And so it is in the spiritual, friend. Amen. Forget those things that are behind. You can't go back and unravel all the junk that's there. You're just going to make it worse. But Jesus said, even knowing all of it, cast all of your care upon me. I care for you. I'll take care of it. From this time forth, it's a new life in Christ Jesus. Once the former thing seemed so important, you look back on the old life, you shake your head in amazement. Things that now seem so trivial. But amen, back then that's all you lived for. You always wanted to go to the fun places. You wanted to be a part of the jet set. You wanted everybody to like you. Hallelujah. Amen. But you were so dissatisfied. There was a thirst in you that could not be quenched in all the places you went and all the things you experienced. Amen. It just could not be quenched. Amen. Every new thing made its promises, but they were never able to be kept. Always that thirsting. But I'm so glad when I found him and when I drank it. Amen. Of the well of living water. Amen. You see, there's a part in mankind that can never be satisfied with the trivial things in this life but oh when you fall at the feet of Jesus man Martha came to Jesus and said Lord I'm, I'm making sure everything's clean and I'm making sure you know everything's dusted and I'm out here in the kitchen working. Come on, yeah. Oh. And there's my sister sitting at your feet. All right, teach. Good. Good. Teach. What did Jesus say? Come on. Come on, chosen. Martha, Mary has what? She's chosen. She's chosen. She made a choice. Friend, you can make a choice here today. And it'll change your life forever. Just one little choice. Just one little trip to an altar. Hallelujah. Amen. Damn, apparently we're going to baptize somebody today. Amen. Just one dip in the water. And all the old life is washed away. I'm a new one. In Christ Jesus. And I'll never, 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 never turn back to sin. I'm a new one in Christ Jesus. And I'll never, 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 never turn back again. I know people have turned back. Amen. I know they have. But I ask you, what have they turned back to? Peter said it's like a dog returning to its vomit. It's like the clean pig going back to the wallow. There's nothing to go back to. Same old, same old. Oh, God. Secondly, I think it's going to get a little quiet now. Oh, come on. Maybe I just better give the altar call now. (laughs) 
Secondly, she was in a hurry. Everybody say she was in a hurry. She was in a hurry. A hurry to do what? She was in a hurry to tell others about Jesus. I said she was in a hurry. She didn't say, well, Lord, give me a 12-week Bible study, and I love home Bible study. Amen. Jesus didn't say, go to the local synagogue for such and such a length of time, and we'll give you a little card, and you're all set to go. No, immediately. And I'm here to tell you today, amen, those of us that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, immediately there was something in our heart, amen, I don't want to just keep that, I want to share it with somebody. I mean, Jesus many times did his miracles, and he said, now don't tell anybody. Come on. Blind man, don't tell anybody. Leper, don't tell anybody. Jarius and his wife, now don't tell anybody. Friend, they were out the door. Hallelujah. Amen. I said they were out the door. There should be something in our hearts when we have gotten this beautiful drink from the wells of living water. Amen. To share it with somebody else. I got to do something. And then common sense came into the picture. Say no. You know, as she's leaving the well, Common says, Well, no, no, no. What, what about that, that pitcher, that jug? Common sense is, if I leave it, I got to come back and get it. Come on. So, common sense says, Hey, you might as well fill it with water. Come on. Amen. Take it if you want to go to the city, fine. But then, you know, you live there and you'll be home with it. And then something said, you know what? If I take the time to fill this jug Come on. and the time it would take for me to carry it into the city, Come on. I'm going to lose half, 45 minutes, an hour. Well, it's just an hour. Yeah, it's an hour that I can be telling somebody about Jesus Christ. Amen. Opportunities come knocking on our door to share Jesus every day. Friend, you don't have you don't have to really go looking for anybody. Amen. Amen. Opportunities are all around us. Praise God. Amen. People see it. People ask you. Amen. Why are you always happy? Why are you always smiling? Well, you know, it's my disposition and nature. No, it's not. Uh, amen. It's what's inside of you uh, that puts a smile on your face, uh, puts a spring in your step, uh, puts a song in your heart. Uh, and Jesus says, share it. The gospel will put an urgency in your soul. Everything seems of lesser importance now that you've met Jesus. My mind goes to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Oh my. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, okay, because we're compassed about this great cloud of witnesses, let us. 
Nicole, and that's you. That's me. Brother Larry, it's, it's everyone. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before you. Brother Clint, you're used to running. Others in here, now, most the runners I know from around here, you're into that distant stuff. Amen. How many have ever seen the 100-yard dash? You know what? You pick up those guys, you pick up their tennis shoes, and they weigh about, they weigh about 10 pounds apiece. No, no. Those tennis shoes are some of the lightest shoes on the market. Amen. Their clothing and everything <laughs> is, is like an arrow. <laughs> the tip of that arrow, there's, there's things behind it, but the tip of that arrow, man, phew. Amen. You got to run light. And in this Christian walk, we have to run light. What are the weights? What are the sins? I believe it's whatever delays a born-again child of God in getting the message to others. Uh, amen. Because we're in the midst of witnesses. Uh, can you picture some of those witnesses? Abraham took the one God message to Canaan. Joseph took it down to Egypt. Uh, Jonah took it to Nineveh. Daniel took it to Babylon. Philip took it to the Ethiopian out in the desert. Uh, Paul took it to Europe. Uh, finally took it to Rome. Where are you taking it? So this woman burst upon the scene in Sychar. The nonconformers. Oh, they hadn't objected too much to her loose morals. You know, as, as long as she came and went in the prescribed manner, they accepted her and tolerated her. But what a shock when she came rushing into town without the customary water jug on her shoulder. It broke precedent. I said it broke precedent. And every believer has to pass that test. Amen. With so many people, it's pride. What are people going to think if I break out from the old way of things in my life? What are people going to say if they see me handing out a tract to somebody? Amen. What are the kids at school going to say if I really took a stand for my convictions? Pastor, I wish we would get to the place, Brother Playle, where we would become so fascinated with Jesus Christ that the idea of being at a sacrifice would never enter our mind. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is just your reasonable service. Well, Walter, yes. When I look at Calvary, I look at the price that was paid for my salvation. Uh, you know, I dare say, there's probably something in each of us here today that would be better left at this altar. Amen. And by doing it, you'd be better served 
in your service to the Lord. And then third, there's something that each and every one of us can share with Jesus for his service. Maybe, I'm not saying it was, but maybe she left the water pot for his use. Right? You know, he's thirsty. He doesn't have anything to, to draw. I'll leave the water pot for Jesus. Amen. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey. Thank you, John. Amen for including that in this. What a comfort for us. This little detail. Amen. It's, but that sentence brings the Son of God so near to me. He knew what it was to be tired. And so he gives us the privilege of ministering to him as well as serving him. He's done so much for each of us. It'd be frustrating if there was not anything that I could do for him. That is why our walk with God is more than observing principles and texts and standards and rules. It involves communion. I can't commune with a formula. I can't commune with something abstract in thought. It has to be a personal face-to-face. -face. Amen. And I think Jesus understood. I'm sure she thought, how in the world can I put in words what's happened to me here in just a few minutes? How, how can I put it in words? Peter said it's joy. Unspeakable. Can't put it in words. One old gentleman said it's better felt than told. I know what I feel, but I feel so inadequate. How, how can I express it? And so I've got to do it with more than words, Brother Joe. Amen. My wife doesn't, doesn't know just that I, I love her because of the words I say. I do things. Amen. You know, a couple months ago, she looked at me and said, I'm going stir crazy. So she said, we wish you and I got a full-time job. <laughs> and so she goes out in the morning and there's, there's a few dishes in the sink. Amen. After I finish my Bible reading, Pastor, amen, I go there and roll up my sleeves. And some of them go in the dishwasher, but there are some that I have to wash my hand. The other day she came in and she looked and said, oh, honey, thank you for putting the dishes away. Thank you for doing this. Amen. Oh, friend, I, I can't put in words my feelings. Amen. But Brother Trace, we can put it in action every day. All right. All right. No one else ever understood or tried to understand her. No one else had ever told her the truth in such a way as he had. She felt so unworthy. She had so much to tell, but what she couldn't say, she put it in words. Amen. Oh, there's a thousand ways. Give me water to drink. Just give him something that's yours. Amen. The crowd was so great one day. 
And they're about to push Jesus out into the water. Whoa, come on. <laughs> Peter looked over and he saw that old fishing boat. Yes, sir. Stung. Yeah. Fishing. And maybe he's, and then some said, no, no. Jesus doesn't want to get in an old stinky boat. Come on. Something said, I don't care. Here, Lord. Yeah, that's right. Amen. And so the Lord uses Peter's boat as a pulpit. Amen. To teach. And then he says, Peter, get in that boat and go out. Amen. For a great draw. Lord. We fished all night and never caught anything. Nevertheless, at your word, amen, they go out, amen, and they catch a great draught of fish. And here is a man that becomes one of the important parts of the New Testament. But he comes in and falls at the feet of Jesus, says, Lord, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. That has got to be our attitude at all times as we stand. I need Jesus. Hallelujah. I need Jesus. How many times the preacher gets preaching? And a couple minutes into his message, somebody's thinking, boy, that's, that's just what so-and-so needs to do. Where is so-and-so? I don't see him. Boy, this is what they needed. Each and every one of us today from the pulpit to the back, in the back. I need Jesus. When I walk out these doors today. I know everybody's not a Lee Stone King. Brother Josh, a couple Monday nights ago, in the little altar ward, seminar said that in the past five years he's seen 10,000 people receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ever heard of a woman by the name of Vesta Mangan? Man, if you hear her preach and teach, if it doesn't put you flat on your face, on something's wrong. Come on. We're not all Vesta Means. We're not all Lee Stone Kings. We're not all Josh Herons. Amen. But the Lord saved you for a purpose. And he's got something for you to do. Amen. And you may, you may have the natural inclination. <laughs> Amen. But friend, without the Spirit of God anointing it, it's a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Praise God. Does anybody want to leave something at an altar today? Does anybody want to come and just leave something here? You realize I'll be a better child of God when I leave here today if I go up there and just leave something at that altar. If you've never had a personal experience with Jesus Christ, friend, you can walk up here and leave your sins at this altar. Hallelujah. You can find forgiveness at this altar. Amen. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and leave those sins in that tank. You can come to a closer walk with Jesus by leaving something in this altar today. Come on, if you were at that seminar, come on up here.